0: Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. All right, guys, welcome back to the Minnesota Made podcast. Uh, this is a Zoom call with Brian Iverson. And Brian creates a very unique product for the construction industry called T-Stud. And uh, he's got some really cool videos on his website that explains it quite well, but we'll get it uh, a firsthand explanation from Brian here in a little bit. But before I forget, the website is tstud.com. Brian, welcome to Minnesota Made.
1: Hey, I'm in Minnesota even, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I truly appreciate being here. I'm, uh, I'm excited for the next half an hour or hour, however long you give me.
0: Yeah, well, I'll be here as long as you are. And Brian, you mentioned that you're from Minnesota. This is a Minnesota-based company. And uh, before we get into what T-Stud really is, you want to give me a little bit of a backstory? You know, uh, where, where you came from, where you grew up? What your childhood was like and the path you took to get to where you are now, um, being the owner of of T Stud.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, that'll take an hour. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Grew up uh, on Selvian Dale in in Saint Paul Saint in Paul. the six in the 60s, and uh, um, born at Saint Luke's Hospital. Uh, you know, parent, parents parents uh, parents are farming people, um, and so uh, they. Um, so there were farms in Saint Paul back then. No, they moved from Holly and Hitterdal, and uh, in northern Minnesota, potato country, okay. and moved on to the cities to start over and uh, start start from fresh. And um, uh, my dad went to, ended up going to work at Waldorf Paper Company for thirty five years, oh. so. He, he started out there. We started out in life, um, uh, Selby, Dale, Galtier, Van Buren, all those streets in the Midway area. And then we ended up uh, moving in 1970 um, out into Forest Lake. Gotcha. So northeast, northeast of St. Paul. And uh, so I graduated in, uh, I'm going to date myself now because I'm not afraid. Uh, I, I graduated in 1978 from Forest Lake. Okay. And uh, uh, first real job was uh, doing drywall work for the neighbor, and uh, so I started hanging sheetrock when I was 14. Uh, probably why I had back surgery in '88. Um, I've done I've done a lot. Um, when working with him, ended up in construction. Ended up framing. Ended up framing lots. Ended up doing remodeling work. I did uh, one year, we did 300 remodel jobs. Um, I was young, just didn't, uh, I just enjoyed it, right? You go out, if somebody else isn't gonna bid on the job, well, we'll do that job. Well, some of the jobs we found out we were the only one bidding on. Huh, that's because nobody else wanted them either. (laughs) Um, So uh, ended up, Uh, I ended up going to school in uh, Anoka bo now Anoka Community College for Anoka Hennepin. I don't remember what they call themselves now. So I went for um, architecture, engineering, civil engineering uh, for a couple of years. And so I graduated from there in 81, which, so since then I've designed 750 uh, projects that have been built. Okay. Lots of people design things they never get built. I just happen to count the ones that got built. So it's around 750. Wow. And so I'm a I'm a journeyman carpenter, uh, journeyman sheetrock taper, Yep. Had back surgery from all that crap. So I was the guy. I was the guy schlepping around all the studs on the job. Um, and you know you just keep on going through life, and you keep on selling things and helping people. And I became a realtor along the way and a developer. Obviously in 2006. Uh, so 2008 they say uh, uh, real estate, real estate all fell apart, blah blah blah, mortgage rates did this, did everything. My first real estate transaction in 1984 was 13% interest and the seller paid either 10 or 13 points to buy the rate down to that. okay? So interest rates at two two and a half. you know people qualify for lots of money today. They, they qualify for mortgages through the roof because interest rates are cheap. But if interest rates went up to 5%, they'd only get one third the house, okay? So, um, but so I I learned young um, to design, build, Uh, I became a certified energy auditor for NSP uh, in 1981. Mm -hmm. And so I've been able to calculate for us all of our energy efficiencies, how efficient we are, what do we do, how do we clear a path forward and, So, but an interesting date is um, March 14th of 2006 is when the media said for the first time that gas was going to $4 a gallon, okay? So at $4 a gallon is real estate's D-Day. That is the first day because I wrote the day down uh, because I thought it was gonna be significant. So I developed most of Isanti north of Minneapolis. And what I saw happen immediately was people had to start making a decision uh, after that date. And I mean, it was immediate because people, most people live, I'm not gonna say uh, paycheck to paycheck, hand to mouth, however you wanna say that, but they don't have any extra money to go spend. Well, now they're spending triple the amount of money on gas. They can't afford gas because they have to buy milk for the baby, okay? So they gotta provide food for their families. So they had a choice to make and this is 2006. And this is when we started seeing the wave. People had to let their houses go in the countryside, uh, farther away from the city, because they had to get closer to the job. So they left their houses go, because they had to provide milk for the baby, and they started renting apartments in the cities. So as the economy was starting to falter, and go downhill like this, we saw everything crumble, we saw all of the the bad real estate transaction, mortgages, uh, real estate deals, you name it. They were all coming back to bite everybody in the butt because they thought it would run on forever. But that price of a barrel of oil went like this wow. and nobody could afford the gas for their cars. So that's when it all started. So thats that was my, I went down like everybody else but I'm the first guy who went down. Then I ended up working for a bank uh, out of Wisconsin and trying to save their soul and got to see more stuff going on on the banking side of things. So I had 3000 properties in my portfolio. I helped them sell a thousand properties in 26 months and fried my, fried my gourd. I mean, you just can't, it, it's, it was an ugly time. Right. So I decided to get clearly out of real estate as a whole. And I ended up going into the gas and oil industry. So in the gas and oil industry, sand uh, did this, did that, it was, I've developed thirty-five, um, I don't know, three thousand uh, lots. Uh, I built thirty miles of roads. Okay, so I knew all about moving dirt. Uh-huh. So I ended up getting uh, hired off uh, because I have a. I end up with a crazy skill set in the gas and oil industry. Besides, but I got hired off from a company out of Brisbane, Australia, and uh, I helped them turn fly ash, uh, the waste byproduct of a coal-fired power plant. Uh, hold on i uh, so this just happens to be fly ash. So when you take coal, big chunks of coal and you fire it and you burn it, it, it actually turns into, um, it's just a powder. I, I know you can't see that, but it turns into powder. Hmm. And so what they did is they, they turned that little powder uh, into little ceramic beads for fracking. So, and I know you can't see these but these things crush at 14,000 PSI. Wow. Well, that was that was a crazy deal. So sitting up in Stanley, North Dakota, in the gas and oil industry, putting this together with the Beulah Fire uh, Coal Fire Power Plant, trying to secure uh, fly ash, and this is just fly ash and a little bit of clay and a couple of other things I can't tell you. Um, they got these ceramic beads that they use for fracking to go. But um, March fifteenth of March fifteenth of two thousand and fifteen. I was having coffee with some people, um, eight o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning, I don't remember. And the snow, my, my favorite line for North Dakota is, when the wind blows, there's no place to hide, no lie. I know all my friends say, yeah, but when your dog runs away from home, you can still see him running three days later. All right, so there, there's my humor. Um, uh, anyway, uh, so I thought of the T-stud, um, I thought of the original version of the T-stud uh, at nine o'clock in the morning, I was home eight hours later, and if anybody knows, that's a nine-hour drive I did in eight hours. I was so excited. I figured that if anybody was crazy enough to think about all of the advantages of how I did the T-stud, there was uh, they were going to be as crazy as me. So it took. Uh, we filed the first patent in um, uh, uh, July, July of two thousand and. 15. And it took 24 months to get the patent almost exactly. Wow. And then I figured out I didn't have enough in the first one. And so we filed a what's known as a CIP a continuation in process, filed the CIP got that in September. And so that's how we then ended up blocking out people out of our space. So the wow. p that was born, there's actually 34 patents in the space. And we're the only ones who thought of, of turning you know, all the other patents are the same width of a two by four or two by six. Everybody stayed an inch and a half high. Well, I can tell you, cause I had to build them. They're only good at, at driving your fish house down the road at 35 miles an hour. At 35 miles an hour, they buckle. All, thir- all 30 of them, okay? That's wind load. They can only stand 35 mile an hour wind load. But when I turned that perpendicular, that member perpendicular in the patents and we did all of our testing, this is what gave us our strength. So two by sixes, and like every other stud known to man, in a failure mode, when you load this load and you, put, you push on this so hard, so you're, all your floors above it are all resting on your stud, this stud actually deflects in the X-axis out of plane and snaps. That's how you fail it. But when I turn that member perpendicular, I stop the ability of the stud to deflect in either X or Y. So we actually only fail in Z, which is fiber upon fiber going straight down, so this is certified. A two by six is twenty two hundred pounds for the most part. Um, sometimes twenty four, sometimes sixteen hundred pounds. So it just depends upon the quality of the fiber of this. Okay. But we 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 crush at eight thousand six hundred pounds. Wow. That's what we crush at. So we actually we actually crush the plate right. So if that's your if that's your plate, mm-hmm. we actually crush that plate at thirty six hundred pounds. So. Uh, we're, our strength value proposition is through the roof. Um, we did all of our testing at 24 inches on center. We're hurricane compliant. We're, we're uh, earthquake compliant. We're certified for use in five stories in the United States and six stories in Canada. Hmm. So we're code compliant all over the place. But now I have 10 patents filed in the US, five in Canada and 28 other countries. So wow. there you go. Yeah. How's that in a nutshell?
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. Thanks for that, Brian. Um, and for those of you that are just listening and aren't watching, what Brian was holding up and comparing was a typical two by six uh, versus the T-stud. And Brian, let me know if I described this correctly. The T-stud is basically, it looks like a two one by threes, one turned vertically, one turned horizontally, and they're connected together with a dowel of some sort, but there's a space remaining between the two one by threes that allow for uh, like insulating and increasing the R value of the product. Does that sound right?
1: Okay, hey, I'll give you i I'll give you a B plus. Okay, all right. Okay, okay. So hypothetically, we took a two by six yep. and we we slid it in half and we made two two by threes. Not a one by three. They're two two by threes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so this is the first product. This is this is certified for an R value of 19. So most h- houses, um, um, half the country, uh, two thirds the country require half the country, about half the country require that all buildings get built, houses get built with two by sixes, not with the two by four. So we took that two by six, we slid it in half. Um, we built a truss through the middle of it made out of dowels. And then we put in a polyiso foam. So we used uh, uh we're the first ones to make a product out of a, a, a blowing agent in the foam, known as HFO hydrofluoroolefin. So it doesn't burn. Um, I don't know if you can see it. There's I got one up here that's burnt. It passed. Uh, it passes a Class A fire rated wall stud. Okay. Um, so it just doesn't burn. Right. And um, so this is. Uh, we're certified for 16 feet tall with this product. And this product was originally made for um, if a builder was using bat insulation to easily stuff in bats, similar to what they do in two by sixes. Mm -hmm. So um, 58% of all builders use a bat. The other builders, uh, besides the people who use uh, horse hair, uh, bales of hay, uh, put tires i don't know skip all those people that's five percent okay but everybody else does a blow in or a spray in product into that wall okay and so then we we uh, the bare naked t-stud was born bare naked meaning it doesn't have foam in the middle mm-hmm. so the bare naked t-stud is what we're producing today and uh so these are certified to hold the same weight because we don't have a foam in them they're they're certified to um uh 12 feet tall and uh, in a wall height. so that's 98% of all builds. So that's the, that's the five and a half inch. And then we have a seven and a quarter that's certified, uh, this is uh, certified to hold 7,400 pounds on a number on a, well, on a two by eight. So these things are strong. They're certified for 16 feet tall. And then we have pole barn manufacturers that want these. and they want to use this as their purlin, And so we'll we'll make them for them 16 or 20 feet wide. They'll nail this on for the purlin and then the spline that we call it, this becomes the interior wall. It's already pre-attached, pre-built, it's already there. And so they don't have to build another wall in front of it to be able to have have a wall on the interior. So, but
0: uh, yeah. anyway. That's pretty cool. Yep. Um, So did you use, where do you think this idea came from? I know you got excited. You hurry up and drove home, but do uh, you think it's a combination of working in the framing field and then working? I think you said you did some—I um, don't know—home efficiency energy testing at one point in time in your in your careers. Uh, where, where do you, where did this all come from?
1: I have no clue. <laughs> like literally, uh, a gift, a gift of mana. Uh, like no lie. I have. Uh, it's it's so far. It's so far out of the box right
0: yeah
1: never thought of it never nothing and you're just sitting there okay so that's what happens with with people who invent things right they see something and all of a sudden their mind just like that clicks and all of a sudden they're like wow um maybe maybe not right right so you gotta i was fortunate enough that i had the wherewithal to figure out how to file the patent how to do the testing i already had a a a I call it a crazy skill set, but I have a crazy past, right? So I, I, I have enough followers, friends. I had, I had enough in my bucket to say, okay, this is what I got to go do, and uh, so obviously there's been a lot of money invested. Uh, we have a hundred and a hundred and ten shareholders about wow. uh, in total. So we have, uh, we now have a manufacturing arm. Um, we're um, uh yeah it, it'll let's just put it this way uh we have over 10 million invested to date, um uh to get this far but look at what you got to invent okay yes. so so if we're if we're trying to communicate to anybody who thinks of anything i'm going to tell you that that most of the time you think of something and i'm looking here you're take look, i don't care what this is whatever this is you invent a, a, a product that makes this product more efficient. Okay, so you're just one piece of this product.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a horse of another color when you invent a product that has never been built before. So now, now we have we have uh, five product lines that have never been built before and all the patents that you need to have in order to go make that product, that is, that's unheard of, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. in the entire space. And then you have to, so, you're, so your patent is worth X dollars. Then if you can figure out how to monetize that patent, you need to figure out how to go make money with it. Okay? right. So, so you, gotta, you gotta figure out how to make it, how to build it, how to pass all the code tests, how to pass this, how to go to UL, under laboratory and get their blessing, which that's a whole nother story. And um, so you gotta go through all of these gyrations every day, um, okay, left brain, right brain, right? right? Your right brain is thinking, oh, I'm gonna have a glass of wine at 10 o'clock at night and the left brain wakes up and says, hey, I'm gonna get out of bed at 4 a.m., you know it. Don't you dare have that glass glass of wine because at four o'clock in the morning, your left brain is gonna turn on and try to solve for something. I have no idea, but that's what happened. Okay. So in order to figure out how to mass produce this, I had to figure out how to make dowels. Like how do you make dowels um, How do you make them pass? How do you make them? How do you make them? What do they have to look like? What's the adhesive that you have to use? How do you get adhesive that's code compliant? And how do you make them dowels six and a half inches long or however long that they're going to end up in? How do you make them fast? How do you make them? How do you make them? Let alone how do you load them? Right? So, so we load. um, I, I had to go to the food industry. So, you know what this motion is? That's your Panera bun or your, or your olive garden bun that you love so much going in a baggie.
0: Okay. So I had to
1: go to the food industry in order to figure out how to go fast. And, uh, and the optical eyes that they use, look at that. They look at the, the, the olive garden bun. They can see it. If the flour is mixed into the bun at the right consistency. And if it's not, it's got to eject that bun, grab the next bun and get it into the baggie at 180 a minute. Jeez. Well, then in, in 12 months from now, we will, we will use $1 million a day. So we had to invent the technology, but right now we're making $15,000 an hour. Okay. 15,000, but I had to start out at two machines at around a thousand dollars each. Uh, so last year through COVID, um, not a fan of COVID by the way, cause we got booted out of Canada cause they wanted to even need a quarantine in place every time we went over. Uh, I'm not doing that. So we're now down, we're, we're manufacturing actually in Newton, Iowa. So I drive to Newton every other week uh, from the home office here. So the um, um, uh, you're, you got to make dowels. You got to get the adhesive into the hole. We had to custom make a nozzle that has a reed valve on the bottom of it because the adhesive you buy is so expensive, you buy it by the gram. So you got to put it in the hole, but when you come out of the hole, you don't want it to drip. So we had to invent a little reed, reed valve down at the bottom of the tip so that when you pulled out the last time, it doesn't drip. I can tell you there's, there's one thing after another, after another, after another, that you have to do in this whole entire process and you're constantly inventing because nobody's ever done it before. So if, 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 if there's somebody that's listening to this that wants to invent something, I'd, I'd be willing to sit down and chat with them and tell them all the process that I had to go through. Right. But, um, um I can tell you, there's been many sleepless nights. Uh, that's a fact.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, were there any point in time where you're like, ah, screw it, man. I'm done with this or, uh, no. I'm just going to sell it. And, uh, for whatever I can get out of it and that's it. I'm done. no, no.
1: No nope.
0: stuck to it. That's good. No, nope. but you got to I... understand,
1: you have to, you have to understand why. Okay. So, um, at some point you're going to ask me in this podcast, why? Okay. So I know you have an agenda. You have questions. you you already probably got listed out that you didn't sell me, uh, sent to me. Okay. So you keep going, but at some point you need to ask me why.
0: Okay. Let's do that. Why?
1: So I thought you were going to wait.
0: Mm-mm. What do you mean? No? I have no agenda when I do this, man. I just wing it. So oh, you're winging it. Oh. I wing it. I just, I just try to focus on what you're saying, and we, we go where we we go where you go. So let's okay. talk, let's talk about the why.
1: Okay, let's um, let's uh, let's leave let's leave politics aside, okay? Because I'm 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 tired of some acronyms, okay? Uh-huh. So I'm a I'm a I'm a conservation guy. I'm an ecology guy. Okay, so. I um, I know that when when we drill an oil well, you get natural gas for free. Natural gas is cheap uh, because it's a byproduct when we when they're drilling a hole in the ground. Okay, mm-hmm. natural gas is cheap. Electricity is super expensive. Um, to heat a house with electricity is three times the cost of natural gas. Um, I've always been I've always been concerned at how much money. Here, after living through two thousand and six, seven, and eight, and and knowing the real reason why everything crashed, okay, uh-huh. if we could make things more energy efficient, including your house or the building that you're in, and that we call them operating costs. If you can reduce your operating costs that it takes, then you might have a little bit of extra money to spend on your children.
0: Uh-huh. Okay, right.
1: so I have I have known since two thousand and uh, no, sorry, since, um, 1981, I have, I have known since 1981 that this, this is called the bridge. And, um, uh, this is not the bridge over troubled waters. Okay. This is just the bridge, right? So if this is the outside, this is the inside, whatever happens out here, let's say that you're in, uh, San Antonio, Texas, you're in, um, Uh, phoenix arizona it's 115 degrees out because we're just going to blow things out of proportion this side of the house is baking right but you're over here in your nice little comfy shorts and you're trying to maintain 70 degrees yeah so you get this 40 degree temperature swing i'll tell you what when you're down there and you're trying to hang a picture on the wall you don't need a stud finder because all you gotta do is put your hand up against the wall and you can feel the heat barreling through okay yeah so every house built, every building built, they're 16 inches on center framing, 24% of the wall is made out of studs. They are value, the resistance value, the insulation value of that stud is six. The insulation is 19. So 24% of your wall is in our value, that's one third of that, which yeah. allows the heat and the cold to come through like, like it's a bridge, right? Straight through, it's a bridge. Yeah. And And that's affecting your heating and cooling bill over here. So I've always thought, how do you unhook that bridge, right? Normally I don't, I don't have, normally you put your, you put your sheathing out here and you put a piece of foam on the outside and that that's what that becomes is you have a, you have a continuous insulation on the outside, but putting that thing on the outside is not a cheap endeavor. So when I said We're going to take this away because this is how simple this is you take this out and you install this right yeah so. Now you have a a break, this is called a thermal break so we've broken the ability of this heat to pump through that wall, because we added a nice insulation layer like your like your winter coat we stuck a winter coat in the middle here to help keep you warm or cool on this side, so we put this break through the middle and 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 I've always been trying to think. So when you think about this and you do this, we reduce heating and cooling bills. We've already proven this. We got 500 structures out there. I have no idea. Just by doing this right here, we cut the heating and cooling bill by 20%. Wow. By 20%, okay? So I'm gonna give you some crazy math um, throughout. I'm gonna give you a, a crazy little number to, to keep in mind.
0: Sure.
1: Um, uh, so, 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 I've always been trying to figure this thing out, okay? I could never figure it out. But we also survived the first oil embargo days where we had to go through um, in uh, 1982, we had to go from a two by four wall to a two by six wall in order to make the the wall assembly have more R value insulation. So we went from an R value in the cavity of 13 to 19. The cost of that was $2,000 back then, but interest rates were 13% interest, okay? Yeah. Well, that's a hundred dollars a month. I don't care, I don't remember. It, it was a lot of money, whatever that math ends up being. Right. Um, they couldn't afford it. They, they couldn't afford this. I know plywood was only what, $8 a sheet. Um, uh, studs, studs were, you know, $2 extra. They made studs out of, they made the world's craziest studs. They made the first finger joint studs back then, but nobody could afford it. It's not like today, interest rates are two or 3% and you know, $100,000 loan is is a $100 a month, whatever the math is. So it's, it's cheap. But then it was super expensive to go do and nobody could afford it. So you lost, you lost two inches of floor space on your whole entire structure, you lost two inches of floor. Well, we were doing 884 splits for entry level people, we were doing 960 splits. But in order to make the bedrooms at least 10 by 10, you had to make the house bigger. So we went from 960 to 1,040 square feet all the time. Well, now nobody could afford the extra square footage. So we were darned if we do and darned if we don't back then. So I had all these rumblings sitting in the back of my head. And when I thought of the t that I thought I could um, pull it off. Um, I'm thankful I had enough to pull it off uh, to get to today because we have a crazy fun story.
0: So uh, you mentioned some uh, crazy numbers or crazy math. Was there in addition to, and it was in reference to reducing the heating and energy bill or electrical bill by 20%. uh, Yeah. Was there more to that story?
1: Uh, Yep. Okay, so the National Home Builders Association and the United States government through uh, energy.gov and uh, I don't remember the acronym, AIEI, the Energy, uh, information, something uh, where, where they bring all this data in. They, have a, they, have a, they do a study every 10 years where they calculate how much every house, they do it on housing, okay? So they calculate how many BTUs it takes to heat and cool the average house in the United States. Okay, so we're qualified for Canada too. So I, I'm, uh, I don't know their math, but I'm sure it's similar to ours, okay? So they came up with a number and they have studied this for the last 60 years. So every 10 years they do a study, huge study. And they came up with that, we use 34.1 BTUs per square foot, okay? I think this is in thousands, if I remember right. So 34.1 thousands per square foot. So the average house in America is uh, 2,450 square feet. So we use something like 67,000, but 67,000 BTUs to heat and cool a house in North America. Whether it's built with two by four walls, two by six walls, if it's an existing house or, or a brand new one, they, they study everything and then they then they take a look at how much energy do we end up using for those structures. So over the last 60 years, we've gone from like 54.1 down to 34.1 Uh, on average, that's what we end up using. So in simple math, I can tell you that just by doing this or doing this and getting a, uh, having a thermal bridge or thermal break through the wall assembly, uh, we save 20% on average just to do this. And these don't cost any more money today than these because there's 30% less of these than these and that pays for us. So we actually don't cost any more money to make a structure 20% 20% more energy efficient. So it's a fun story to be able to tell.
0: Uh, uh, so but we're
1: saving 16,000, so 16 million BTUs in a year. Okay, that's money, that's yeah. money. That money lasts forever, by the way. It's, it's that's that's the annual, right? Mm-hmm. And we go to sleep in the wall, so there's no maintenance required. So So we don't sell oh. studs. We're strong, we're super strong. So we sell energy efficiency. So our story has morphed from being the world's strongest engineered wood product known to man, to now we just sell energy efficiency and some some huge partners are coming alongside of us to make the world's most energy efficient structures for less money than what we're building today.
0: Yeah, it seems like a no brainer. The surprising part to me is that it, it seems, I mean, you're sticking some labor into making a T stud, and some costs as far as a dowel and the adhesive and and so on and inventory and shipping and, but it, it doesn't cost the end user consumer any additional money to buy that product versus a two by six.
1: Well, okay, so. What uh, um, did I miss here? We've we've had we've had we've had to adjust our distribution. Um, so part of if anybody wants to invent something you got to f- figure out how to distribute it across the country and the challenge that we've had so far is that we're not just a stud right so the sound transmission rate through this is well we call it plus six so we make your hotel and motel wall uh 20 quieter and i can tell you so here's a funny for you only two times ever in in my whole career have i ever got a big smile on my face for what was going on on the other side of that wall, okay? Two times, okay? But all the rest of the times, I don't wanna know what's going on in that room. I want it to be quiet. So we, we just cause we got that thermal break in there, we don't, we make walls quieter, so we get a thermal break. So we have a, that's a good gift that keeps on giving. So, all right, that was my humor. <laughs> all right, that was, that was way a tangent. Um, uh, anyway, okay. I'll get back to reality here.
0: Yeah, oh, well, back to the cost question. Does it cost more to get a T-STUD than a regular two-by-six?
1: Well, the two-by-sixes are are obviously, uh, today is, uh, what's today? Is today the 9th, June 9th, I'll put a date in here. June 9th, 2021, yep. okay? Lumber is through the roof, right? right? Lumber is super expensive. How did it get to be expensive? Well, you got, you got COVID, COVID affected, there's still four, four sawmills in Canada because the, the Inuit are really the, the natives, uh, are, are um, the native band people. The originals uh, of Canada are greatly affected by COVID. And, and there's still four sawmills across the North that are, that are shuttered today. Hmm. Um, cedar, cedar um, um, there's two main producers of cedar in Canada. One guy got shut down, one gentleman got shut down of over-harvesting in 2020. So he's not producing at all. He was the biggest producer of cedar. Oh. So cedar is like six times the cost today of what it normally is. Um, um, we've, we, interest rates are super low. Um, money is easy to get in back again in housing. Um, people qualify for lots of houses. People are getting paid uh, enormous sums of money. Um, they, don't, they don't need to drive to work. A lot of these people don't drive to work. They work out of houses. You, you got two Zoom rooms going in. I built a Zoom room for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have an office uh, per se in, a, in an office building anymore. We have nine people across the country that work all remotely. And um, um, so the manufacturing process is is we go out we buy we buy two by sixes today at the same price that everybody else does. We actually buy two two by threes, two two by threes. They take just as much labor to make a two by three as a two by four as a two by six, because it's it's lineal it goes through the the sawmill planer at the same amount of time as the two by six. So they're making more two by sixes today because our housing starts are. 1.7 million on average right now, instead of 1.2 million on average. So there's 500,000 more houses being built in the countryside today that have never built been built before. And our infrastructure, all of the sawmills, all of the plywood, people, there's not enough people to go build 1.7 million. We don't have enough fiber. We don't have enough of this. There's not enough ships coming in because of COVID. There's you got every challenge, known demand going on all at the same time, and the price is through the roof. But as the price of lumber comes down, and oh by the way, it took a it took a dip down today. Um, so write the date down. It took took a dip down, so our price went down a little bit. So as our as the lumber price goes down, so do we because we buy the same lumber. And so so um, if you're in if you're in a uh, 750 miles of of the center in the Midwest. If you're in the Midwest, we can ship to you, to your job for free, as long as you're not on gravel. So we ship out every day. Uh, We just don't tell anybody how busy we are, Um, but we ship out every day across the country and we ship out these for no more money than these because there's 30% less. So it costs us 30% more to make this out of this, but there's 30% less and your structure's stronger. Um, So, Are we, are we more money? Yes, we're more money. If you want to buy one and one, we're more money, but,
0: um, The long-term savings will more than make up for it. We're the
1: gift that keeps on giving and we're a good one. Yep.
0: Yeah. You won't ship on gravel. Why not gravel? Um,
1: so trucking trucking has been interesting. Um, uh, we, we, when we put together units, uh, we put them inside of a van. So we put them in, um, in, in enclosed vans, um, we put them on the side of a truck, on an open truck, we ship however we possibly can. But a lot of those trucks, they just tell you flat out, we're not gonna go get our truck dirty, driving down a gravel road in order to figure out how to get to you. <laughs> and some jobs, they don't have a petty bone or a lull, or they don't have a bobcat there to unload. So then it has to go to a warehouse to unload in town and you gotta go pick it up, right? So yeah. every place has a challenge. Uh, Alaska. We have, literally have people who drive down from Alaska to pick up their product to drive back to Alaska. And our payback in Alaska is one one, uh, one super cub flight. So they load up a super cub full of tea studs. They go out they' build their house out on the prairie somewhere off the grid. And, and when they want to heat it, if they don't heat it with wood, they got to bring propane out. So their 100 pound propane bottle, uh, goes in, into their super cub boy is this a plane uh, ready, a bomb ready to go off right All right but but we've had people who now only fly out two times a year instead of instead of four times a year so our payback was one flight that's how bad that they wanted t studs wow. that that's that's how that's how you know the benefit of what you're doing it works right
0: yeah what T-studs. kind of feedback have you gotten
1: from uh... um we have uh we have uh, um, we have builders who keep coming back because um, I'm not going to say we created the perfect mousetrap, but we just teach them. You know, take take this out, push us in. And other than the fact you got to cut your header different, there's no difference. Um, so it's it's quite simple to use. Uh, last year, last year we won, uh, not we but the builder. So another a little tout, a little handoff here. Uh, sustainable nine builders. They're out of Minneapolis. Super sharp, smart people. They build super energy efficient structures. So they they got they got the R19 T-stud as a frame, so a bare naked. And then they did the foam in the field themselves. So they won the Department of Energy's uh, award last year for America's most energy efficient structure. And uh, it's in Minneapolis, uh, super people. I've been down there a few times, uh, 3,500 square foot house. Uh, four people live in the house and they have two dogs. So I always say as my disclaimer, I don't know how many geriatric cats you have that. So you can't control how many times you open and close the door, Sure. but they're 3,500 square foot house. They pay $50 a month for gas and electric. Wow. So that that's, uh, washing clothes, drying clothes, running the cooking, uh, running their, uh, they have a gas fireplace. They, uh, they have a gas stove. They're super energy efficient, but $50 a month. They had the In Minnesota, we do things by known as HERS scores, HERS ratings on energy efficiency, their energy efficiency. So like an average house in America has a HERS score of 100. We have lots of them across the country at 40. Theirs is 0.8, negative, negative 0.8. So in order to get to one, you have, they did solar panels, you know, they're, they're doing everything they possibly can get to zero for, Hmm. for energy. Because they don't want to be a demand on the grid and sustainable nine builds quality structures just like that so do other ones. Um, uh, Solid rock um, rock solid construction up here in Blaine they have several structures going now there's builders in in uh, Wisconsin. There's builders in New Jersey Uh, can't rattle them off Um, Colorado a bunch uh, that use us that because they don't want to leave a carbon footprint. Okay, so, so we're actually a tangible product right so we 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 actually save money you use us you you save money for your client or if you're going to build it yourself you save money every month every year forever because you're reducing the demand on the grid so you're reducing our carbon footprint that it takes to operate that structure so we're the we're a tangible not intangible we're not monopoly money we're real money so we're a, a tangible Operational carbon footprint reduction.
0: That's awesome. Say that
1: and say that ten times.
0: No, I'm not even going to try it once. Uh, I got two quick questions on this. Um, can you tell me again the numbers, the R value on a regular two by six versus the T stud, and also because the T stud is stronger. Um, what I mean, I, and there's building codes, you got to deal with and so on. And I don't know exactly when you frame a house with two by sixes is it 24 inches on center. But if your product is stronger, would it justify, you know, going further than 24 inches.
1: Uh, no. Um, so plywood is your limiting factor. Okay. So plywood is only good. Drywall is only good at 24 inches on center.
0: Oh, okay. Got it.
1: Okay. And then, and then you have a wind load, right? So you have a wind load that's trying to you always got to design for that in minnesota anyway for that inline wind right mm. you design for an inline wind heaven forbid there's a tornado but we have a few a year so you design for the worst case scenario which is that wind load so when you put your sheathing on your wall you need so many nails in the sheathing uh, you know put into your fasteners to stop your wall to be from racking
0: okay yep. okay yep.
1: so the R value, the resistance value through this is six uh, six 6.1, actually, a two by four is 4.3, okay? This is, it depends upon what that insulation is in that wall cavity. Yeah. Okay, so if this is cellulose in here, the R value is 11. Oh. If this is spray foam, um, typical wall spray foam, um, we get to a 16. Okay. The, the R-19 that will be back manufacturing this fall. And just to let you know, on the invention side of things to, to, to put out this liquid, right? So, so this liquid is grams per centimeter. No, no foaming gun has ever been made to, in, to go into a continuous foaming line that has ever put out grams per centimeter before it took one year to build that gun through COVID. Jeez, One year right? So we now have a gun that that is going to lay out grams per centimeter. So they call this a two pound foam, but that's 50% air. And um, so some people are going to say, uh, well, what's the global warming potential of that? So Honeywell, okay, Minnesota-based Honeywell, they invented a a blowing agent um, called HFO. So we went from formaldehydes in the 70s, Got rid of formaldehydes and they invented a blowing agent called hfc hydrofluorocarbon. carbon so carbon makes it sound like it's burnt toast okay so carbon you burn your toast okay and then they then honeywell invented hfo hydrofluoric olefin which is a blowing which is a new style of blowing agent uh that only has a global warming potential of one two or three or something uh so so formaldehyde global warming potential of let's say it's ten thousand HFC has a global warming potential of 1300, and then Honeywell comes out with HFO, which is a global warming potential of, let's just say it's three, okay? So make sure that if you're ever gonna put spray foam in your wall, make sure that you use HFO blowing agent, that's all that we do. There's no, no off gas, no crap, no nothing, but stick it in your wall, there it goes. And, and it doesn't burn. So there's a benefit. I've seen two houses get burned down. One of them was mine. Okay, so I'm really fire at fire conscious, making like a lot. Okay, so did I answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's stronger, it's uh, more energy efficient. Yep. Doesn't burn. Uh, well, we
1: this this burns this one this one the foam, the foam doesn't burn. Yeah. So um, don't say it doesn't burn. Okay. Uh, you it. can't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Well, yeah, it definitely seems like a superior product and it seems like it's uh, you guys are kind of, you know, in the early stages of all this. Where do you see all this going? I mean, when you look in your crystal ball, I mean, what are your hopes and dreams for T-STUD or what what do you think the potential is here?
1: Um, Okay, so uh, uh, we have a a building coming up here in Ham Lake, uh, 5,000 square feet and uh, uh, we're 20% less. um, I gotta remember who's gonna listen to this. So everybody's gotta remember the date today, right? So we're we're 20% less than two by sixes today. And uh, they're doing the seven and a quarter inch, 16 feet tall on their 5,000 square foot commercial building. We're 20% less than going to Menards today to buying a number two stud we're going to ship these to the job. Um, so um, they're going to they're going to insulate. So the 20% that they save, they're going to insulate. Okay. But then what we did is we made it a little bit better. Okay. Um, as you, uh, maybe you don't know, o, uh, OSB plywoods are through the roof today. OSB today at uh, Home Depot down the street is $54 because I had to look them up. Um, zip um super nice people most of the structures use what's known as zip on the outside which is uh which is like an osb with a, with a film layer on it that you can tape the outside and you can solve for uh, uh air changes per hour and a wrb well water resistant barrier if you tape all the seams so i know that's way over most people's head anyway so it's a it's an innovative product okay but the, so those products you can buy for fifty-four dollars a sheet. We because we're an energy efficiency company, we've had some partners come through um, and come through big lately. So back in the seventies and eighties, um, for those older uh, farts out there like me, we built with what's known as built right buffalo board. It had no structural support to it, so you had to use metal bracing underneath it. So so we got we got this metal bracing approved to replace OSB. Hmm. So you take the OSB, don't throw that to the side, throw your two by six to the side, grab our stud, put this metal bracing on like this to solve for the lateral wind loads. Mm-hmm. And then we called up um, BASF home and we said, we want this. This is known as neopore. And this has an R value of five. Uh, OSB and plywoods have an R value of 0.55. So 900% better, you can have this. So on the five and a half inch T-stud, that's an inch and a half gap there. You put this on, now you have two and a half inches of thermal break from the outside. This saved you 20% on your heating and cooling bill. By putting that on the outside, I'll tell you in a second. Okay, so this building here, we're gonna make 131% more energy efficient than what they were planning on for less money. Wow. Right? And we're gonna solve for, we have more friends, and and we're gonna throw in the tape to tape up all the seams. They use this tape around all the windows and doors. So we're actually gonna make them the the world's most energy efficient commercial building right here in Ham Lake with these products that'll be uh, no extra money.
0: That's incredible. Right? Yeah. Right. It was a combination of the T-stud, that metal bracing, that foam, whatever, you, I forget what you call that
1: foam. Yeah, it's, it's called neopore. This actually, this is another crazy invention, okay? There is no blowing agent in this. They use Dagon water,
0: Huh.
1: right? This is light as a feather. I got, I got a, I got, we just bought 10 semi-loads of this because, uh, just because uh, we, so we sold 19 houses in Sandpoint, Idaho uh, they're small, they're 1200 square feet apiece. They're two stories, so 600 and 600 two boxes. Um, uh, they're, they're, uh, I can't tell you I can't tell you a lot about them. Uh, the Our value in the wall is 30. Air changes per hour below 0.25. I know how they're doing it. They're using our, our entire assembly with all of our partners and at 1200 square feet, you know what their budget is for gas and electric? All in 100% percent all in. 25 bucks 25 bucks a month. Wow. That's incredible. Right. Yeah. 25 bucks a month, right? So 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 we're helping them create a, create an opportunity to reduce their heating and cooling bill by 75%. Jeez. We have the we have those all over the country today, 75%. So so we created the T stud recipe. So if you can see my mom's recipe book over here of uh, <laughs> 1954, right? So we created our own recipe. Um so it's the T stud, the T stud, metal bracing, okay, use neopore foam on the outside, grab some of our friends, right, grab some of our friends, we called up uh, YouTube YouTube fasteners out of, uh, out of uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario, right, right over the border where I go fishing, except for this year and last year. Um, and so, so we're looking to you can buy the T-stud by yourself. You can have your lumber yard call us up and we'll sell them to your lumber yard or we'll, or we'll ship to you direct. Um, we'll sell you, the, we'll put the OSB on the outside, put zip on, however you wanna build your wall assembly or we'll ship this whole package. The, the crazy part that we figured out is that we're only this tall in a semi and we have six feet on top of us that we can top load and ship for free, right? So there's no cost because we already paid for the shipping. So we can send, the, we can send the, the, um, the metal strapping, we can send all the neopore. Uh, a 2000 square foot house is only a four foot wide by uh, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 foot long chunk, right? We can send your whole house, 2000 square feet is just one load. And we, we send them out every day. Um, and you build a structure that's and, 131% more energy efficient, but wait, there's more. We can actually send we can we can send uh, the seven and a quarter out because we the costs are the same except for this is a two by four instead of a two by three, so we just added two more inches of lumber on top of this or an inch actually an inch. <clears throat> so <clears throat> this wall assembly right here is twenty one percent less than Menards today to buy a two by six in OSD. This is 161% more energy efficient, and it's 14% less than going to Menards and buying a two by six and OSB. Wow. Right, so, so um, we're bidding on the, a company uh, um, in uh, Golden, Colorado. They're doing 300 unit apartment building. And right now we, we've helped them make the structure so tight that the the, uh, the these are apartments. The the they're gonna have fifteen dollars. They're t- ten to fifteen dollars a month in heating and cooling costs. That's it in an apartment building. Ten to fifteen. That's it.
0: Jeez.
1: Right. And you know yeah. how much money we're gonna cost them extra? Goose wow. egg. Nothing. Nothing. We're no more money, and we made this structure that that much more energy efficient. We just happened to have friends call come around. We got, we got them calling every day. Hey, can we be part of that process? Yeah, right. So I don't have to sell the T-stud. I'm just excited to sell you energy efficiency so that we can reduce our carbon footprint, right? Yeah. So if we if we continue on the path that we're at, we're gonna continue our doubling rate like this. But if we can say, hey, I wanna build a more energy efficient structure, and especially if the doggone thing doesn't cost more money, I can drop that grid down to an angle like this and I can extend our doubling rate out there by double.
0: That's uh that's really really interesting. Now so, working closely as far as energy efficiency, um, working at all with companies that manufacture, uh, you know, windows or roofing materials, that type of thing to kind of all be uh, expand your recipe and be one big package on a energy efficient house. You mentioned a couple contractors that are kind of doing that already. Yep,
1: okay, so we have an interesting little tidbit. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll Marvin Windows, right, Minnesota? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in meeting with one of the owners, we can, I only got two to choose from, so pick one. Um, he said, because we have the thermal breakthrough here, that we actually make, we make the window more energy efficient because we don't have their wood jam directly or almost directly up against wood. We have this we have this insulation value that 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 slides in alongside of them. So they felt that their their window jams themselves wouldn't expand and contract and twist anywhere as near as much because we make the wall assembly more energy efficient. Now what now what does that really do? I have no idea. I have no idea. None.
0: Elon Musk hasn't called you yet, has he? No. Oh, okay no 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 it seems like someone nope. made up his alley uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay it's to me it seems like a no-brainer why why wouldn't you build your house or, or structure with the t stud recipe I mean do, do you feel like you fit you know most if not all um construction type situations? Or are there things that maybe this isn't the best option for?
1: Um, I don't know of any that we don't work for. Okay. We have we have people who are trying to use our product. Um, uh, we have other products coming <clears throat> besides this. So this right here is a mini T-stud, okay? Mm-hmm. And mini T-studs we made completely out of plywood for different applications. So. If you're if you're gonna if you're going to um, let's let's say that uh, you're gonna remodel your house and you wanna make your house more energy efficient, but you don't want to do it from the inside of your house, of course. You want to do it from the outside. So take your cladding, take your siding off, put on a little meat stud. These are completely made out of plywood. So we make them in sheets, four by eight to four by sixteen. We'll be producing these yet this year. So they're not, for a HUD house or a one level house, they'll probably work for it on structural, but otherwise they're made for other applications, right? Every one of them is perfectly straight. So you can, every interior wall, you could do this. Every, uh, you're remodeling your basement, you could do it. Uh, use them, you can, we can make this side with treated plywood so you can put this up against your concrete block wall to insulate, have a thermal break through your block wall. These will be two and a half inches deep, all the way up to six. So we have had walk-in cooler people. Uh, let's see, I gotta go back, I gotta finish one thought. So if you're gonna fin- do your remodeling work on the outside of the house, yeah. like I, we're gonna show one here uh, yet this year on my house. So we're gonna take off all the cladding uh, and I have built right on my house and I have moisture problems on my house. I got, I, got, uh, I got the worst case scenario going on. And so we're gonna put these on the outside in order to double the R value of the wall assembly itself, okay? And so so housing, this is fun. Making structures more energy efficient is fun. You can actually do this bigger. So if you want to fix your heating in your house, you can run ductwork on the outside of the house. And you can bury it inside of a nice little wall envelope if you want. Hmm. Um, you can run all change. You can fix your electrical from the outside so that you don't have to go on the inside. I get all sorts of people calling me for these things right now. And uh, again, we've had to invent the technology to be able to do this, to load them fast enough. You're talking lo- loading and using not 96 dowels in two seconds. Wow. Okay, right? So this is nonstop inventions. Um, we have walk-in cooler companies that want these six inches wide to make walk-in coolers 20% more energy efficient. Huh. Um, It's a big number, Uh, RVs, fish houses, uh, 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 ice castle. You can get a hold of me, that's fine. Um, We make fish houses more energy efficient by 20%. Actually, uh, we built an accessory dwelling unit if they want to come here. Uh, We have a complete thermal break through the floor, the wall and the roof by 99.2%. It's so energy efficient. So it's 16 feet by nine by nine. Mm -hmm. There's no furnace made small enough to heat it.
0: You get a candle.
1: Nope. Three candles and a fart because you have to have a little bit of combustion. Okay. But but most of the time your body heat creates too much heat. That's how energy efficient it is. Oh my gosh. Right? So, so so accessory dwelling units, um uh, they're called an ADU. So we built a mock-up ADU here so I can put all my T-stead prototypes so I can get my car, my truck back in the garage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, typical Minnesota problem. We do we own too much crap.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, um, anyway, uh, again, these are the most energy efficient structures known to man and they don't weigh any more. They don't weigh any more. They don't cost anymore. Um, uh, we had uh, 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 Anderson windows asked us if we could put these inside of a style and a rail on a commercial window in order to make them structural. And we said, yes. Um We've had other people ask us if we can just make what they have more energy efficient and structural, and we said yes. We actually have um, the seven and a quarter t uh, Tista will be certified to build eight-story buildings, and we're still twenty-four inches on center on the on the bottom floor, even with the snow load. That's how strong we are.
0: Jeez.
1: So we got we have we have another whole another product line coming that we're in the process of building equipment on. Um, that we're not gonna get into today. It's a, it's a whole nother, it's craziness, but it's all in the same thing. So our goal has always been to build 25 story buildings, uh, completely made out of wood, the most, world's most energy efficient structures with the least amount of carbon footprint. That's it.
0: Wow. Uh, Brian, I, uh, I don't remember where I seen this or heard this, but I, I've heard that ADU is these accessory dwelling units are Pretty much at every property in Hawaii, just because the cost of real estate down there is, you know, extraordinary. So they're putting these, you know, tiny homes, these accessory yep. dwelling units in the backyards and renting them out to help uh, help pay the mortgage. And yep. uh, and it seems like this tiny home uh, idea has really started to catch on. It's becoming more and more popular.
1: Yep. Yep, we sold some uh, bare naked tea studs to a company for a tiny home company in uh, St. Cloud or Little Falls or someplace up there. And uh, we actually gave them enough. I haven't heard from them uh, anymore. So if you're out there, uh, send me an email and say hi. Um, but there's six states that allow uh, ADUs automatically up to 800 square feet uh, in the backyard. Okay. So literally you can build them uh, I'll, I'll give you an idea. They're so energy efficient that you have to have it breathe, right? You have to mechanically have it breathe. So put a solar panel up on the roof, a small one, and a battery pack, and okay, there needs to be an invention. So if somebody wants an idea, I'm gonna tell you what it is right now, okay? Uh, no advertising for Starbucks here. So if this is an ERB, an energy uh, recovery uh, unit, I, I forget what ERB stands for at the moment, I need, I need to get a, a pop can size ERV. So, so what happens is you need two of them because the structure is built so tight that a fart fan won't work because there's no place to draw air in from, right? So you put two of them and this one pops air in at this se- same second that this one pops air out. And then and then it goes the reverse way the next time. So once every hour it pump, pops air in or pops air out right? So somebody needs to invent these the size of a pop can. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right now, the smallest ones of these are uh, eight inches in diameter, and they're about 14 inches long. They're all too big. Okay. It's just a little computer fan inside the thing. Somebody needs to invent them. So I gave you an idea. So,
0: um, well, what's, what's the danger of being too airtight? Is it uh, you're going to be breathing yourself?
1: Um, do you think you might run out of oxygen? If you are if you go in and you shut the door and you're there for three days, guess what? Yeah. They're gonna recover your body.
0: Okay, got it, got
1: it. So did that answer that question?
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: Okay. Right, so the whole idea is to make your structure so tight that uh, that the outdoor climatic conditions don't affect your utility bill.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, and then you wanna mechanically bring that air in and air out so it's like a it's like a venturi vent, okay. Yeah. You bring this cold nasty air. We're in Minnesota. We're talking this way now, okay. You bring this cold nasty air in, and at the same time, you want to have the the nice nice uh, the money that you sp- the money that you spent your air on here cross that to pre warn this cold nasty air coming in, so that you don't dump. It's like opening up your door, right? Oh. You don't want to you don't want to dump in thirty five below into your house, and that you have to now heat it, right? Right. So most houses in Minnesota, existing houses, are five air changes an hour. Your fart must be pretty bad if you got to do it five times an hour. I have no idea, but that's how that's how we built. Nobody ever knew any better. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Um, uh, uh, nobody knew what it, what the what the benefit was of having uh, airtight houses. Um, uh, well, I guess we did in Minnesota because in, in the late 80s, 90s, we did a category one construction. We made them too tight. And um, I want to tell some stories, but I got to be careful. We chased, we chased out every stucco manufacturer out of Minnesota, okay, mm-hmm. including Scandia stucco, super nice people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we built structures so airtight that if you had a pinhole in your wall, it's so like you go, you go hang your picture on the wall, you poke a hole in the wall. They got these all. They got these stories all over the country. Guess where all the moisture in your house goes? Out that pinhole right there, and it rots out the wall, right? So Minnesota, they want you to put poly on the inside wall, and they they tell you they tell you you know this is an airtight barrier, and you got to make all these airtight structures. But they never told the homeowner, oh by the way, you can't ever hang a picture on your wall unless it's on one of them glue sticky things, right? Hmm. But as soon as you poke a hole in that wall, you broke your air barrier. And now you have the path for moisture to enter and to leave your structure and get into that wall assembly. Okay. I have seen, I have seen, this is a long time ago, not today. Okay. So I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I've seen windows rot out on the corners because the only place they didn't control the air is through the corner. Okay. So the air went out the corner of your window and it rotted out the corner. And then the, your stucco fell off your house. Uh, they said that that was the stucco people's home. It was not. The state of Minnesota screwed up. They made air, 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 they made energy efficiency so brutal in Minnesota, kind of as a test, I guess. I don't know what they were thinking, right. but but um, we had all sorts of damages. You in order to in order to vent the moisture out of your house, when you took a shower, you had to open up the window uh, a half inch or a quarter of an inch anywhere in the house because they were built too tight. Wow. So now you have to mechanically vent your house but at least you're controlling when you write the checkout and how much air goes in and out that wall, in, in and out to the outside. That's fine. Doesn't cost much, very much money. So build them as energy efficient as you can in order to control your utility bill.
0: It's like that. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Uh, Brian, we're coming up uh, almost on an hour and a half here. So i should probably <laughs> wrap this up. <laughs> um, let's say uh, you're a, I'm a builder and I'm interested in trying out the T-STUD or I'm a uh, end user consumer um, and I wanna put up a house and I wanna you know, recommend the T-STUD. How does, how does somebody find out more information or contact you, Brian? Um,
1: okay, tstud.com, just the letter T and then stud. So tstud.com. Uh, if you wanna order, uh, it's sales at tstud.com and uh, pretty simple, just go through there. If you wanna get a hold of me specifically, just send an email through there and I'll respond. And um, otherwise every ounce of information that you can possibly think of is on tset.com. So our goal as a company is to rewrite. Our goal as a company, uh, so we made the new Lincoln Log, that's what we did.
0: <laughs> yes, and you did a great job with it. And I gotta say your website is really informative you got some um you got some good good videos and content on there that uh i think uh, a lot of people find a benefit as far as how does it work and why to use it and so on so yeah so whatever. we're
1: we're uh my, my daughter does uh, all the branding and she lives in blaine and um, um we just hired a cfo uh out of whitbury he just sold his fourth company so we feel quite blessed there Okay. And uh, my son-in-law is the president, and uh, they just sold their company, Patriot Converting, up in um, Elk River, Minnesota. Okay. Um, I got we, we're we're all spread out all over. Um, yeah. We do Zoom meetings all the time.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Again, as a, a family business, that seems to be a common theme lately with people that I'm interviewing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right, Brian. Uh, I appreciate your time, man. I think the future is bright here. It's an awesome product. I wouldn't hesitate using it on my own house. And um, I wish you all the luck, man. And I appreciate your time today.
1: I'm sorry, it took an hour and a half.
0: (laughs) It's good. It's been a good hour and a half. I appreciate it. Yep.
1: Yep.